everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everyone, welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. Today we have entered into Leviticus. We're super excited about all things Leviticus. So <laughs> take a deep breath, yeah. Uh, so we read today from chapters 1 through 4. And the way that I kind of see this setting up, it's really helpful for me to kind of get like a a blueprint for the chapters. Uh, Chapters one and two kind of bring us into what the different types of offerings are. Uh, There are burnt offerings and grain offerings. Then we move into chapter three, where we see um, the laws for presenting a peace offering. And then in chapter four, we see the laws for presenting a sin offering. Um, and within those sin offerings, we we figure out the regulations and rules for um, if anyone sins unintentionally, if the whole congregation of Israel sins unintentionally, if a leader sins, or if any common people sins unintentionally, and just kind of the rules and regulations as to what you need to do in those instances. So, Ryan, spill your knowledge. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's really important to understand leviticus or you'll get like very lost like not Mm -hmm. like you need to you don't need to understand every little intimate detail of what we do with fat and what happens to kidneys but it is important to understand like why do we need to care about leviticus because uh the longer i've been a christian the longer i've been like worshiping the lord uh, i've found that my appreciation for leviticus has grown Mm -hmm. not shrank like it is a book of the bible you need to read i remember joking about like i'll oh, just skip that one and like well i always think like sometimes those people that are like okay i'm just gonna open my bible and see where god leads me today oh, no. and if you open to leviticus and you read you're gonna some do something terrible probably about reading about what to do with the fat and the entrails and the tails and the livers and whatever it's gonna be slightly confusing i just know for many years um Kind of like the joke, like, man, Genesis and Exodus is so good. So read Genesis and Exodus, then skip to the New Testament. <laughs> That's not great. Um, also, like, <laughs> genealogies, like, read those suckers. They'll give you some good information. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just need to treat Leviticus, uh, I think, with anticipation and excitement. So here's, here's what I want to do. I just want to lay out why we need Leviticus. First of all, uh, if you're curious about the word, it comes from the name Levite, which is the name for the priests. Ah. Like the priests are Levites. We have the book Leviticus. What is happening at the end of Exodus, we talked about yesterday how Moses couldn't even come face to face with God anymore. Mm -hmm. He was outside the tent. God is trying to dwell with his people. He's trying to be with the people of Israel. But because he's trying to be with the people of Israel, the people of Israel need to be holy because God is holy. They cannot just blatantly enter into his presence because they're not holy. And so the book of Leviticus is going to give us kind of this plan on how the Israelites can be atoned, how they can be sanctified before God, Mm -hmm. and they can enter into his presence. So some of the basics are... The average everyday person can't just walk into the presence of God. They have to be atoned for. A priest is going to be able to offer a sacrifice. He's going to be able to actually burn things and kill things and sprinkle blood to atone for the average everyday person. The priest himself is going to have to be atoned for so that he can enter into the presence of God. So you kind of have this progressive holiness 
Well, and we read about that yesterday as yes. well, like the making of the priestly garments. Like there's so many things that go into this and consecrating each one, exactly. each piece, each person, each person's outfits, all the things are consecrated to God in order that this, the offerings can be made with no exactly. hurdles or blemishes or whatever you want to call it. So with that comes uh, growing expectations of cleanliness which is not like clean hands it's not like, it's not, it's not like washing mm-hmm. yeah it's like spiritual cleanliness uh it's going to get progressively more strict depending on how close you're permitted to be to god and we're going to actually see what happens in this book when you don't take that seriously and you try to go to god anyway mm-hmm. spoiler alert you die we should not see this as a negative thing i used to think about this and like why can't god just be with his people well mm-hmm. here's the deal God actually desires to be with his people, and because he desires to be with his people, he is being gracious, allowing them to enjoy community with him, and telling them how to not die (laughs) when he does it. God doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to desire to be with us, but because God desires to be with us, we have to follow certain parameters so that we don't die. I heard a really good example of a way to think through this. If you think about the sun, the sun is like fantastic. We enjoy many things because we have access to the sun. If we didn't have access to the sun, our lives would be terrible. But if we got closer and closer and closer to it, we would die. God's exactly the same way. We can't we can't just be frivolous mm-hmm. about our relationship with him. So what we're going to see happening in Leviticus is the first half of the book is going to be about ritual purity. So these are the things that you do. These are the steps that you take to ensure that you are pure before God. The middle of the book is uh, chapter 16. It's going to teach us about the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement is like this radical thing that guarantees access to God for all the people. And the second half of Leviticus is going to be actual ethical purity, like how you live a good life before God. And the whole point of the whole book is to ensure that God's people don't look like just any old people. They're mm-hmm. actually unique. Set apart. They actually are a witness to his power and his authority, and people come to know him through those people. So the the progression actually goes backwards then. God is present in the tabernacle. He is dwelling in the place. He is allowing the priest to come and see him. And so God is with the priest. The priest goes out to the people. The priest represents God to the people. The people represent God to the world. And so you kind of have this steps of getting close to God and this steps of taking God to the world. And so actually, the more I understand about the Leviticus, the more I'm actually excited about the fact that God loves me enough to give me, and to, I mean, to give our ancient ancestors a framework of how to live with him and enjoy him and follow him without being destroyed. And so you can look at that and you can be like, oh, that is so judgmental. Why is God like that? Or you can look at that and be like, wow. God doesn't want to just sit on some throne in heaven thinking about how terrible we are. Every other God in the ancient world was like that. Mm -hmm. This God is saying, you know what? I want to be with you. And in order to be with you, here's the steps you have to take to be able to be with me. It's actually incredible. And it's so different. Like Mm -hmm. this God does not change his mind. This God is not like real finicky. This God does not just kill people or take advantage of people or ruin people. Mm -hmm. He loves people. He desires to be with people. And yeah, he's holy. So you can't be stupid about stuff. (laughs) But what an amazing God. Mm -hmm. So that is my spiel. I have grown in loving Leviticus. It has boring parts for sure. 
But I don't know if these parts are necessarily boring. I, I really appreciate the why in all of this because I think sometimes it's really easy to gloss over and just be like, wow, that's just full of a bunch of dumb rules. But if you don't actually take the time to read about it and think about the history and like why God set these things in motion so that they could be with him in a new way, like that's actually really cool. I kind of appreciate um, just like that background knowledge of it. Something really interesting to kind of, I think, pull us into the, uh, your part for today is we're obviously talking about sacrifice a lot, the, the rules and things that go with it. But part of the rules in chapter four, let's see, verse 12, I'm just going to read it really quickly. Uh, it says, this is talking about, I believe, is it a a bull. Yeah, a bull for the sin offering. It says in verse 12, all of the rest of the bull, so whatever was not used for the offering, he shall carry outside the camp to a clean place to the ash heap and shall burn it up on on the fire of wood. On the ash heap, it shall be burned. So it should not be used for anything else taken outside the camp. And cool little footnote here in our study Bible, it says, um, sin offerings atone for unintentional sins, which we read about. The sacrificial animal was burned outside the camp. That's like a key thing here, rather than at the base of the altar. This foreshadowed the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ, who was crucified outside the camp or outside the city, which is so crazy. So like we're seeing all of these sacrifices and their importance and their significance and like how to remain holy before God. It's just a really cool, like the book, like our study Bible says, a really cool foreshadowing of what is to come to be the ultimate sacrifice for us. So I just think that's a really cool, I love seeing those connections and like how it's almost like God is preparing the way for it subliminally. I just, I really like that. As we learn more and more about the sacrificial system, the way of atonement, you're going to see more and more how Jesus is so much like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might be, I was thinking about this while you're talking, there's there's a lot of blood stuff in the first four chapters. And one of the things that is important for us to understand is that the Israelites understood that life is in the blood. Mm-hmm. And so God tells them, hey, you can't eat blood. You can't waste blood. The blood is where the life is. Mm-hmm. When you sin and you walk before God and you try to enter into his presence, your life blood is required of you. Mm-hmm. This is why you have to walk in with a sheep or a goat or whatever it is that you're offering. And that animal's blood has to cover the sin that you owe. Mm-hmm. So they would have understood, okay, this is life for life. Mm-hmm. We are, we owe our lives because of our sin. This animal is going to take our sin. Its blood is going to cover our blood, our life, and it's going to atone for us and allow us to enter mm-hmm. in however close you're allowed to go. So, I just encourage you guys, um, as we walk through this, like Jenny kind of already gave us the your part, that this is reminding us ultimately of Jesus. As you reflect on these different offerings, ref- like consider the fact that Jesus is the reason that we have that connection with God and his spirit today, which is very cool. And even though this seems like an old dusty tale of how they used to it's do things. It's not dusty, it's bloody. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <clears throat> I think it's really, it has a lot of application as we consider Jesus and what he did for us. So I just encourage you, stick with it. 
I, I, I sometimes I hesitate to say stuff like that because I don't want you to feel like I'm, it's boring or heavy because I don't think it is. I actually think it's very exciting to walk through mm-hmm. Leviticus. Allow it to remind you of how much God desires to be with us and how much that's not necessary. He doesn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And he's not some petty God that's like, please like me. <laughs> please be with me. He's not like that at all. He has all power. He has all authority. He created everything around you just by saying it should happen. So God's not like whining, hoping that we pay attention to him. He is desiring that we spend time with him so that ultimately we bring glory to him. And the Israelites, their job as a nation is to bring glory to him so that other people see him through them and bring glory to him. So it's exciting. Uh, We will do our best to try to sharpen what Leviticus means uh, to you, help you to understand it. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. See ya. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our take on God's word. Stick around and listen to the word uh, on the second part of the podcast. Before we get in there, uh, we just want to remind you, you can connect with us at any time on social media and YouTube at God's Plan Your Part. Also, we are a listener-supported podcast, so if you ever want to help us out with the ministry that we're doing, uh, you can do that by clicking the link in our description. And now, here's the reading for today. Leviticus 1. The Lord called Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of livestock from the herd or from the flock. If his offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he shall offer a male without blemish. He shall bring it to the entrance of the tent of meeting, that he may be accepted before the Lord. He shall lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. Then he shall kill the bull before the Lord, and Aaron's sons and the priests shall bring the blood and throw the blood against the sides of the altar that is the entrance of the tent of meeting. Then he shall flay the burnt offering and cut it into pieces, and the sons of Aaron's the priests shall put fire on the altar and arrange the wood on the fire. And Aaron's sons the priests shall arrange the pieces, the head, and the fat on the wood that is on the fire on the altar. But its entrails and its legs he shall wash with water." And the priest shall burn all of it on the altar as a burnt offering, a food offering, with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If his gift for a burnt offering is from the flock, from the sheep or goats, he shall bring a male without blemish, and he shall kill it on the north side of the altar before the Lord. And Aaron's sons, the priest, shall throw its blood against the sides of the altar. And he shall cut it into pieces with its head and its fat, and the priest shall arrange them on the wood that is on the fire on the altar." But the entrails and the legs he shall wash with water, and the priest shall offer all of it and burn it on the altar. It is a burnt offering, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If his offering to the Lord is a burnt offering of birds, he shall bring his offering of turtle doves or pigeons, and the priest shall bring it to the altar and wring off its head and burn it on the altar. Its blood shall be drained out of the side of the altar. He shall remove its crop with its contents and cast it beside the altar on the east side in the place for ashes. He shall tear it open by its wings, but shall never sever it completely. And the priest shall burn it on the altar on the wood that is on the fire. It is a burnt offering, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. When anybody brings a grain offering as an offering to the Lord, his offering shall be a fine flour. He shall pour oil on it and frankincense on it and bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests. And he shall take from it a handful of fine flour and oil with all of its frankincense, and the priest shall burn it as its memorial portion on the altar, 
a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. But the rest of the grain offering shall be for Aaron and his sons. It is a most holy part of the Lord's food offerings. When you bring a grain offering baked in the oven as an offering, it shall be of unleavened loaves, of fine flour mixed with oil or unleavened wafers smeared with oil. And if your offering is a grain offering baked on a griddle, it shall be a fine flour of unleavened mixed with oil. You shall break it into pieces and pour oil on it. It's a grain offering. And if your offering is a grain offering cooked in a pan, it shall be made of fine flour with oil. And you shall bring the grain offering that is made of these things to the Lord. And when it is presented to the priest, he shall bring it to the altar. And the priest shall take from the grain offering a memorial portion and burn it on the altar, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. But the rest of the grain offering shall be for Aaron and his sons. It is a most holy part of the Lord's food offerings. No grain offerings that you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven, for you shall burn nor leaven nor any honey as food offering to the Lord. As an offering of first fruits, you may bring them to the Lord, but they shall not be offered on the altar for a pleasing aroma. You shall season all your grain offerings with salt. You shall not let the salt of the covenant with your God be missing from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. If you offer a grain offering of first fruits to the Lord, you shall offer for the offering of your first fruits fresh ears roasted with fire, crushed with new grain, and you shall put oil on it and lay frankincense on it. It's a grain offering, and the priest shall burn it as a memorial portion, some of the crushed grain and some of the oil with all its frankincense. It is a food offering to the Lord. If his offering is a sacrifice of peace offering, if he offers an animal from the herd, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. And he shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and kill it at the entrance of the tent meeting. And Aaron's sons, the priests, shall throw the blood against the sides of the altar. And from the sacrifice of the peace offering, as a food offering to the Lord, he shall offer the covering and entrails, and all the fat that is on the entrails. And the two kidneys with the fat that is on them at the loins, and the long lobe of the liver that he shall remove with the kidneys. Then Aaron's son shall burn it on the altar on top of the burnt offering, which is on the wood on the fire. It is a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If his offering for a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord is an animal from the flock, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish. If he offers a lamb for his offering, then he shall offer it before the Lord, lay his hand on the head of the offering, and kill it in front of the tent of meeting. And Aaron's son shall throw its blood against the sides of the altar. Then from the sacrifice of the peace offering, he shall offer as a food offering to the Lord its fat. He shall remove the whole fat tail, cut off close to the backbone, and the fat that covers the entrails, and the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them at the loins, and the long lobe of the liver that he shall remove with the kidneys. And the priest shall burn it on the altar as a food offering to the Lord. If his offering is a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord, and lay his hand on the head, and kill it in front of the tent of meeting. And the sons of Aaron shall throw its blood against the sides of the altar. Then he shall offer from it as his offering for a food offering to the Lord, the fat covering the entrails, and the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, and the loins, and the long lobe of the liver, that he shall remove with the kidneys. And the priest shall burn them on the altar as a food offering with a pleasing aroma. All fat is the Lord's. It shall be the statute forever throughout your generations, in all your dwelling places, and you eat neither fat nor blood." And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, 
If anyone sins unintentionally in any of the Lord's commandments about these things not to be done, and does any one of them, if it is an anointed priest who sins, thus bringing guilt on the people, then he shall offer for the sin that he has committed. A bull from the herd without blemish to the Lord for a sin offering. He shall bring the bull to the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord, and lay his hand on the head of the bull, and kill the bull before the Lord. And the anointed priest shall take some of the blood of the bull, and bring it into the tent of meeting. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood, and sprinkle part of the blood seven times before the Lord, in front of the veil of the sanctuary. And the priest shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of fragrant incense before the Lord that is in the tent of meeting, and all the rest of the blood of the bull he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering that is at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And all the fat of the bull of the sin offering he shall remove from it, the fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them on the loins and the long lobe of the liver that he shall remove with the kidneys." just as these are taken from the ox of the sacrifice and the peace offerings. And the priest shall burn them on the altar of the burnt offering. But the skin of the bull and all its flesh, with its head, its legs, its entrails, and its dung, all the rest of the bull he shall carry outside the camp to a clean place to the ash heap, and he shall burn it up on a fire of wood. On the ash heap it shall be burned up. If the whole congregation of Israel sins unintentionally, and the thing is hidden from the eyes of the assembly, and they do and they do any one if the whole congregation of Israel sins unintentionally and the thing is hidden from the eyes of the assembly and they do any one of the things that by the Lord's commandments ought not be done and they realize their guilt when the sin which they have committed becomes known the assembly shall offer a bull from the herd for a sin offering and bring it in front of the tent of meeting and the elders of the congregation shall lay their hands on the head of the bull before the Lord, and the bull shall be killed before the Lord. Then the anointed priest shall bring some of the blood of the bull into the tent of meeting. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the veil. And he shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar that is in the tent of meeting before the Lord. And the rest of the blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering that is at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And all its fat shall be taken, and it shall burn on the altar. Thus shall he do with the bull. As he did with the bull of the sin offering, so shall he do with this. And the priest shall make atonement for them, and they shall be forgiven. And he shall carry the bull outside the camp, and burn it up as he burned the first bull. It is a sin offering for the assembly. When a leader sins, doing unintentionally any one of the things that by the commandments of the Lord his God ought not be done, and realizes his guilt, or the sin which he has committed is made known to him. He shall bring as his offering a goat, a male without blemish, and shall lay his hand on the head of the goat and kill it in place where they kill the burnt offerings before the Lord. It is a sin offering. Then the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of the burnt offering and pour out the rest of its blood at the base of the altar of the burnt offering. And all its fat he shall burn on the altar like the fat of the sacrifice of peace offerings. So the priest shall make atonement for him for his sin, and he shall be forgiven. If any one of the common people sins unintentionally in doing any one of the things that by the Lord's commandments ought not be done, and he realizes his guilt, or the sin which he has committed is made known to him, he shall bring for his offering a goat, a female without blemish, for his sin which he has committed. And he shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering, and kill the sin offering in place of the burnt offering. 
and the priest shall take some of its blood with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of the burnt offering and pour out all the rest of its blood at the base of the altar and all its fat he shall remove and the fat is removed from the peace offering and the priest shall burn it on the altar for a pleasing aroma to the Lord and the priest shall make atonement for him and he shall be forgiven. If he brings a lamb as his offering for a sin offering, he shall bring a female without blemish and lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and kill it for a sin offering in the place where they kill the burnt offering. Then the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of the burnt offering and pour out all the rest of its blood at the base of the altar. And all its fat he shall remove as the fat of the lamb is removed from the sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest shall burn it on the altar on top of the Lord's food offerings. And the priest shall make atonement for him for the sin which he has committed, and he shall be forgiven. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.